What's up, everybody? Welcome back in to another episode of Tide Talk Live, a special live edition here on Tuesday night, just a few days before Alabama's second scrimmage of fall camp. Uh, Stacy Blackwood joined, as always, by my good buddy, Jake Thomas. Uh, Jake, how you doing on this Tuesday evening? Man, I'm doing great. Uh, I am so glad that he has finally left Alabama for at least a, a day or two, but it's uh, it was awful yesterday. The day was nice. It felt like no cool crisp fall weather. But- it, it felt like we it was a Saturday morning in the fall and college football was <laughs> going to be on the TV all oh, so it was yeah. just getting us in the mood for that and I'm cer- I'm certainly ready for the college football season Jake which just now you know a couple weeks away mm-hmm. uh you know 2 weeks from Saturday no excuse me a week from Saturday yeah. we will have I think college football and then uh, you know, two weeks from that is uh, Alabama's first game against Middle Tennessee State on September 2nd. So it is right around the corner. Really excited about that. There's been a lot of buzz around the program, you know, since last Saturday's scrimmage. So uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk a little bit about a couple of position battles that are going on. I mean, I think there might be some kind of quarterback competition going on in Tuscaloosa. You know, nobody, nobody's talked about it. So, right. you know, yeah. I'm just – <laughs> but uh, yeah. we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk about the offensive line, and and uh, well, then we'll go through a little Q&A session with the live chat. So uh, make sure you, if you are watching right now, jump in the chat. Let us know your thoughts and opinions on the show. Let us know your thoughts and opinions on the quarterback situation, uh, on the offensive line. More specifically, we're going to touch on the left side and, and what it might look like uh, once uh, MTSU rolls around on September 2nd. But uh, before we dive too far into all that, make sure you do like, share, and subscribe today. If you're watching on Facebook, make sure you share us with all the Facebook groups there. Uh, if you're watching on Twitter or X, whatever it's called, make sure you hit that repost. It used to be retweet. Hit that hit that repost button now. Uh, and it, like I said, if you're on YouTube, make sure you do subscribe to the channel. Hit that notification bell so you don't miss any of our content here. Uh, and make sure you jump in the comment section or the live chat right now. We would greatly appreciate that. Jake, um, uh, there's been a lot ta- discussed over the past few days since the scrimmage on Saturday. Uh, you know, we, we talked on Sunday uh, when, we, when we recorded about everything needs to be discussed within context and because that's so important in regards to how you perceive things or so. Uh, from a context standpoint, there's an, uh, something that needs to be added as far as the quarterbacks go. Uh, you know, it, 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 from all indications, Jalen Milrow was the first team quarterback and scrimmaged major- the majority of the time against the second team defense. And Ty Simpson was the quarterback of the second team offense and spent the majority of the scrimmage against first team defense. So that just adds a little context to. So whatever you're hearing, keep that in mind. That that is that is also important to the conversation. Uh, the chat is already buzzing. Ken, roll tide. Uh, Nick Saban Jr., roll tide. Welcome to the show. Uh, glad you could join us, uh, Jake. If if uh, you know, there's such a long way, and we talked about that Sunday as well. There's so many more practices to go up until September 2nd. You know, they got about a week left of normal fall camp activities, and then they'll start their game planning for MTSU. So you look at another week of a fall camp where it's really just about the fundamentals and, and, you know, the basics. Do you think a quarterback, you know, and there's a scrimmage sandwich in between that as well, Jake, do you think a quarterback can and will uh, you maybe assert themselves as the the starter for week one. 
At this point, I, I still feel like it's going to be going into week one. Uh, I mean, it's Middle Tennessee State. Uh, you know, we could play – we could possibly play three quarterbacks in that game just to see – uh, who um, who's the the better overall player and and to lead this team uh, out of the four? You know, I'm going to say four because we've heard a lot about Dylan Lonigan moving his way up and playing really well. Out of the four, I feel very confident in all four of them, just because not only they they all have different abilities, but again, it all goes back to that daggum running back room. I mean, I feel like you really don't need a top-end quarterback on this team this year because you have that elite running back class behind them that can carry the load for much of the season until the quarterback gets their feet wet, gets the up to gain speed, and then takes over the team. So uh, that's just my my opinion at, at the moment, Stacey. Yeah, there's – you know, the rest of the team is so important to the quarterback position. And, you know, Coach Saban really talked about over the last two seasons of how – you know, they needed to be better around Bryce Young. And mm-hmm. and I think uh, this season is going to be a little different because I think the team around Bryce Young, I mean, around the quarterback at Alabama, is is better than probably what it's been over the past couple seasons, you know, with Bryce Young as the quarterback. So, uh, you know, you can lean on that running game like you mentioned. You can, uh, you can lean on those tight ends who seem to be emerging and playing really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just a little bit ago, Coach Saban, Gave a glowing review to Amari Nyblack, the sophomore tight end, saying that he could yeah. be, you know, he's a mismatch and that he could be a playmaker. Those are that's a high praise coming from Nick Saban. He he generally doesn't give out those type of of compliments. So the fact that he's complimenting him in that way only tells me that he has been really special special for Alabama in fall camp. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I look for him to be that red zone weapon for that quarterback. And that is, you know, that, that fits so well with what Tommy Reese wants to do and what this offense needs breaking in a new quarterback, whether it's Jalen Milrow, Ty Simpson, or, or anybody else. Yeah, I agree hundred percent, Stacey. Um, You know, like you said, the team around the quarterback is what makes the quarterback better and, and, and eventually get your field general and get your leader there that you need. So I feel like, out of the four, whoever seizes the opportunity, it may not be at this next scrimmage. It may, like I say, go into week one. But I do feel like after week one, we've got to make a decision because I don't want to have a two two or three quarterback system going into the Texas game. That just smells like disaster all around if that is the case. So I feel like at least up to week one, we've got to get a quarterback uh, figured out to, to game plan with that quarterback, get behind him as, as Bama Nation, whoever it is, and ride them the rest of the way uh, through the season. Yeah, and and Ken here, he 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 jumps into the chat. Thank you so much, Ken, for joining. Uh, you, you can see that there. He said he spoke with Ty's dad, and, and both Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson are going to play against MTSU. And, and like he says there, they're both likely would put up big numbers against MTSU. But the real test is Texas, Jake. And right. uh, like Ken says, if you don't have a consistent passing game, I don't care how good your game is to beat the elites of the elite. You got to be able to throw the football. I mean, right. you, you look you look at what the just just Georgia and Ohio State in the semifinals last year. You know, okay. everybody raves about about Georgia's defense, and I understand so they have a really good defense, Jake. But what did C.J. Stroud and Marvin Harrison Jr. and those crazy wideouts do? Jake, if you have an elite passing game. 
it just gives you an advantage that you can't overcome. I don't care how good of a defense you have. If your passing game is consistent and really good, then uh, then, then that's how you beat the elite teams. And I'm not saying Texas is the elite, but they do have an elite offense. I mean, they, they're returning right. 10 of 11 starters. Quinn Ewers is back. Uh, you know, he cut his hair, so that may have the, the Samson effect on him. <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, but uh, you know, he, he's a good quarterback. They have, you know, Xavier Worthy is one of the best receivers in the country. He's super fast. They got a great tight end. Uh, so you, you can't overlook Texas, and I don't think anybody's overlooking Texas. But I, I don't think you can over, you know, over exaggerate how important it is that Alabama has a good passing game against Texas because they're going to have to score some points. Yeah, I, I agree, Stacy. Um, uh, Junior right here said that he wants to see Monroe continue to do well, but also wants to see more of Simpson having a three touchdown day Saturday. Is basically I want this quarterback decision to be a hard one. And, you know, Stacey, I, I've, I've told you this. I've maybe even said it on, on one of our shows. But, you know, this defense is not going to make it easy because the defense is just swarming. Even in practice and in the scrimmage, I saw some film uh, of the of the fan day they had down there uh, a couple weekends ago. And, I mean, that defense was all over both quarterbacks, all, all quarterbacks, really. So, whoever seizes the moment and takes over the number one job at quarterback – it's going to definitely earn it because that defense ain't, is not making it easy on on any quarterback right now. Well, and, and you know, people people talk about how the the fact that nobody has taken over the starting job is it, kind of a negative has a kind of a negative connotation to it. But th- that's not necessarily the case. What if what if you know Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson are both playing? You know really good and they don't know which one they need to play yet i mean that, right. that that's also possible so right. um it's uh to me I, I think like we talked about sunday there's still a lot of time between now and september 2nd and more importantly between now and september 9th for for each guy to get better and each guy to kind of put their stamp on the offense and prove that they can be the consistent playmaker in the passing game because look I know I know Jalen Milrow is an elite athlete. He I mean he has a chance to take it to the house anytime anytime he tucks it and runs it. We saw that against Arkansas. He made some plays against Texas A&M as well. But we also saw the turnovers against Texas A&M Jake and and that's something Nick Saban's not going to put up with. And I think if not for those turnovers against uh against A&M, we might be looking at him a little bit differently, whether that's fair or not. They were the, the turnovers happen, and they can't happen. I mean, Texas right. A&M was not a good football team last year, and they about beat us because we couldn't take care of the football on offense. There was what three yards all they, all they had to give in that last throw to, to win yeah. the game, pretty yeah. much. So yeah, and so you, you have to be able to take care of the football. So whoever proves to do that the most cons- in the most consistent way is going to be the quarterback. Uh, Trying to get back to the chat here. Um, wow, chat is buzzing. Thank is. you guys. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, I got Ron, Ronnie had a question. I wanted to uh, you know get your opinion on. What would is it a stretch to ask or or could Dylan pass Melrose a tie if he keeps falling out? Well, I mean, th- I'm not gonna say. Uh, it it won't happen. I'm just saying that would be it. It would have to be. I think. Milrow and Simpson would have to both play very poorly. I mean, for for that to happen. I mean, and and maybe it's a a case where Lonergan needs a little bit more time to develop. And who knows, maybe halfway through the season, if if 
you know, the coaches are not exactly happy with, with what Simpson and, and Miller are doing. Maybe you give Lonergan a shot, but uh, I'm not going to say, you know, you never say never, but I would say right now it would be a little bit of a stretch to, to say that. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see here. Uh, Buckner is behind because he doesn't know the system. I'm not sure he has the time to become QB1. Saban's going to keep this going until – yeah, yeah, that that's exactly right. Yeah. And people, I don't, and I don't know why they can't. After 17 years, this is Alabama's system. It's not whoever the offensive coordinator is. People talked about, and you know, we I had this argument with with your your friends over at at SEC After Dark, Corey Burton mm-hmm. and Stephen Willis, Jake, about yeah. you know, but Buckner's got experience in Reese's system, and I try to tell him it's not Reese's system anymore. Right, it's Nick Saban's system, and I'm, that's not my words. That's Tommy Reese's words. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, Buckner Buckner had a steep learning arrived in June. He's just mm-hmm. now getting acclimated to Tuscaloosa and his teammates and the playbook there in Tuscaloosa, the verbiage. So, so he's behind the eight ball. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Let's see here. And, what else we got here? SEC football says. What? What? what go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I just want to say, no, you're. You're right. Tom, Tommy Reese pretty much just, and I'm paraphrasing, he pretty much said, you know, it would have been ludicrous for me to bring my system in here because it's been implemented for, what, 17 years, 18 years now. So there's no reason to bring my system in when this one is it's me who's got to learn this system. So Let's see. Uh, SEC football says agree that Texas game in week two is tricky with Bama having new coordinators, new offensive system, and a new QB. Man, that offense had better jail early. Uh, yeah, and that not that might be one of those games where you know you got to rely on the defense to maybe get a get right. a score for you if the quarterbacks are not playing well at that point. But I, I'll be honest with you, and I haven't I haven't really said this, but I'm confident in the quarterbacks. I'm confident. Right. In them. I, I think they're going to get it done, whoever it is, or if for the first few games it's a two quarterback system. I'm confident that they'll be good enough to get the job done. Yeah, I agree, Stacey. Like, like I said, whoever wins, I don't care if you're on Tim, Tim, Team Milro or Team Ty, whoever wins out, we've got to get behind that guy as Bama Nation and support him 100%. You know, so and, and, and yeah. if Ty does win, I still feel like there's going to be some plays where you see Milro on the field because that that's speed. You can't you can't coach speed, and he and he's got it, man. I, I I would agree with you. That sounds good, but Saban's never done that. I mean, that's exactly. you know, that's one thing. He, he's 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 never really used a, a you know a special package for for an elite you know athletically gifted quarterback. So right. you know, think think about the year after two were replaced Jalen in the national championship game. You know, Jalen's still on the team, but you know they didn't have no package for him, and, right. and he he could have made some plays. So. Uh, Saban's one of those guys. He just kind of once he has his guy, he sticks with him. I mean, we saw how long he stuck with Jalen Hurts, and you know it about cost him a national championship. And if he doesn't make that move at halftime, you know a lot could have changed. Jay got we don't beat Georgia uh, now. Kirby's got three national titles instead of just two. Uh, right. Saban's only got six. So you know it, it's it, it's one of those things that that once Saban finds his guy, he he's he's pretty dead set on on sticking with him. Yeah, I agree, Stacy. Um, uh, Ken said exactly, Stacy. Nick, uh, Nick Jr. said exactly. Um, Tristan said, uh, uh, Chef T said, he wants to, you know, please, Saban wants to not just win, but 
hit some tail this year uh, after hearing all this talk. Uh, I know he feels – I know he feels he knows uh, what he has, but he wants a quarterback to get the ball to the playmakers and not turn the ball over. And that's exactly what you said, Stacey. we got to have a quarterback to make the right decisions. Yeah, and, and uh, I just seen I just seen a comment that I wanted to react to. Oh, it was the one you were just reading. Sorry, I was in my own world. Um, uh, Coach Saban mentioned today uh, that he likes – I want to say he said the attitude of this team. Mm-hmm. I want to say that's what he said, uh, but something along those lines. I, I think he I think he likes this team as far as the mental makeup of them, the, the work ethic they have. So that, that's huge, Jake. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we've spent a lot of time talking about, about the quarterback, and obviously there's a reason why. It's the most important position on the field. you got to get that right. But there, there's there's 21 other guys on the field throughout the game, you know. Then a couple specialists as well. So, you you've got you've got to be good everywhere else. And and I think I think Nick Saban and the coaching staff is confident in what they have, you know, across the field. And if if they can just get that quarterback position to gel with the offense, whoever it is, this could be a really really good football team. Yeah, I agree, home cent man. Um... Ken, yeah, I, I was going to mention that too. Ken said I'm confident as well. That trip to AM may be a doozy. The offense doesn't gel with the first three games. It's exciting and anxious to see what happens. I think the D will keep Emma in the game. And I mean, say so we've been we've been talking about the defense a lot this offseason. I feel like the like you said, the attitude on the defense side, especially, is back. Uh yeah. so it's uh I believe the defense, we talked about the non-offensive touchdowns, how they've been lacking. Last couple of years, I think this defense is going to prove a lot of people wrong and, and create a lot of turnovers this year than what they have in the past and just be a nuisance for for deep for offenses. I just don't think people understand what, what we have with this defense if it all comes together. Yeah, and I, I think they're going to be an opportunistic group. I think, you know, they're going to create turnovers, uh, not offensive touchdowns, and that, that always makes your team better uh, – overall uh, i want to get to ken's comment here about uh yeah. the guy that that best distributes of the ball and you know anybody who's who's watched our show or kept up with it uh, I, i've said since bryce young announced that he was entering the draft that i i think eventually it will be ty simpson's job because and that that's really the reason why i think at the end of the day ty is the best distributor of the football um does he does he have the elite athleticism that Jalen Milrow has? No, of course not. There's only like 12 people in the world that do. I mean, but, uh, but, uh, but he's athletic enough, but Ty is a, he is a natural quarterback. I mean, that, that Mm -hmm. position is natural to him. Mm -hmm. Now, if he puts it all together, I think there's no doubt that he's the guy who best distributes the football to his playmakers, which he has plenty of the the tight end group that, that Nick Saban Jr. Just asked about, uh, I, I'm excited about that group. I'm excited about the running backs. I think this offensive line has a chance to push some people around uh, and create a lot of positive plays for the offense. You know, something that's haunted this team over the past couple seasons is the the amount of negative plays, and and I think you're going to see that cut way way down here in 2023. And uh, the fact that the running back room is so deep, the tight end room is so deep, the wide receiver room is so deep. Uh, it's going to make the quarterback's job a little bit easier this season uh, than what it's been being. And like Ken says, we just need somebody to, to distribute the ball. And at the end, whether that's week one, week two, or week seven, I think Ty Simpson is the guy who's going to do that the best. So I'm I'm sticking with my guns. I, I'm not going to backtrack. 
I'm still going to say that at the end of the day, Ty Simpson is going to be the starter. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not. I'm not saying week one either. I mean, yeah. I think it's clear unless something crazy happens, you know, over the next couple of weeks, mm-hmm. that that both Milrow and Simpson will play against Middle Tennessee State. And, but I'm just saying, moving forward throughout the season, I, I just feel like Simpson's going to prove that he's the best distributor of the ball. And I think that's, I think that's like Ken said, that's what Saban wants. That's what he mm-hmm. desires, especially with the type of offense that he has this season in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, I agree, Stacey. And, you know, we're, we've we seen, you know, QB competitions go with the first week of the season. I mean, look at the the USC game a few, you know, several years ago. I mean, we, I think we played four quarterbacks that game before Jalen Jalen Hurts stepped up and, and took over the role. So, um, you know, and, and then uh, we have Blake Sims and uh, Jake Coker, you know. So, you know, competition at quarterback has not been something that, that we're not used to. I mean, it's been in the past for sure. So, we shouldn't be surprised that there's a there's a QB competition. I think we got a little spoiled having uh, Tua, Mac, oh, yeah. and and Bryce uh, all all them years, you know, back to back to back. So, uh, you know, it's just calm down. I feel like again, Saban's still in charge. He's gonna make make the the best decision that helps him win another national championship for for sure. Uh, they have a great question here. Uh, Hooking in booking bros. I like that. Uh, do you think Taryn Arnold will hold that other quarterback spot or Trey Amos come in and take it? Arnold was beat very often by high-level receivers last year. Well, I, I want to say this about Arnold being beat by receivers last year. First of all, he was a redshirt freshman. And if you go if you if you go back to Kool-Aid's first year playing, Georgia burned him a bunch in that national championship game. Uh, he got burnt other times too. Young def- corners get burnt that's just right. that's just the nature of the game and even veteran guys get burnt it's just when you're playing on the island against high level talent you're not going to win every battle so you gotta you it's but but coach Saban's fine with, with letting his his guys play out there on the island and you know he's going to make that quarterback make a perfect throw because that's what it's going to take most of the time to beat these guys so as far as the battle between Terry on Arnold and Trey Amos I, I think there's going to be room for both guys to play I mean, if you look like back last year, Alabama ended up playing three corners opposite of Kool-Aid McKinstry. You know, yeah. Tyree Jackson, Terry and Arnold, Eli Ricks. So I think you're going to see both guys, but I'm confident in whoever it is. I, I, I'm hearing a lot of good good things about Terry and Arnold, but also the same about Trey Amos. So uh, that's really a good problem to have. If I, I think Alabama has a handful of really, really, really good cornerbacks. So uh, that, that's, that's a good problem to have. And I would be confident in any any of those guys playing opposite of Kool Aid. Yeah, I agree. I, I got one thing I want to say real quick, Stacy. Uh, uh, Chef uh, T had said, "I just I just hope for good health." And I'm with you there, <laughs> buddy. I, I won't I won't make sure this team stays healthy. We are deep at a lot of places. Um, you know, we talked about the offensive line, Stacy, and we we can move on to it because Ronnie's got a good quote. You know, got a point down there. But the offensive line, they are they're deep. But like we said, they're green. They're, they don't have a lot of experience behind the ones that we have starting. So, you know, if, if Andrews start piling up there, it, you know, it, it could change change some things. And uh, hopefully, you know, we stay healthy throughout the season. I know it's tough, especially in the SEC play, because them boys are hitting each other, you know, uh, real hard because that's just SEC football, man. But I, I do hope for, for good health. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, obviously. And, and he also mentioned – He'll ride with any quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we've said that all summer long. Look, 
Jake's guy is Jalen. My guy's Ty. But really, our guy is whoever the starter is. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> we don't care. We don't care. That's just uh, we just have our opinion on who we think will will be the starter eventually. Um, yeah. yeah. Let's let's go to the offensive line. That was one of the topics for tonight. We wanted to kind of mm-hmm. stick with the quarterbacks and the offensive line because I think those are really the two major storylines so far during fall camp. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, if if you've watched our show. I hate to toot my own horn, but I, all summer long, I have I have talked about the fact that you cannot count out T.J. Ferguson to take over on the offensive line. I, I've talked about it several times throughout the summer. Uh, he, he is a he's a, he's a he's a mover, Jake. He 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 moves bodies. He's an elite run blocker. I'm not, and that's just not. I'm just saying he's an elite run blocker. <laughs> just watch him. Just watch him. But uh, so you know, do you think? Once MTSU rolls around, that that on that left side, we could have two guys making their first career starts in Caden Proctor and Terrence Ferguson. Yeah, I, I believe it. I mean, everybody's been been wanting Caden Proctor since he stepped foot down there to to be on the on the offensive line. Um, but like you said, said nobody's really talking about TJ Ferguson, and he just you know he's played his way to to a starting uh, left left guard position uh, this year potentially, and. And another thing that that you know, some of the reports that come out of that that uh, camp uh, or the the scrimmage they had last Saturday was they ran the ball a lot behind those two guys, and to me that that gives you know feels like Saban has confidence in both of them guys, even as truth you know getting their first starts that they can run behind those two guys uh, throughout the season and, and pick up a lot of yardage. I mean, you think on the right hand side we've got Tyler Booker and and J C Latham who you could. I know can move, will move mountains, but if if they was running more behind those two guys, that's a lot of that's got to give them a lot of confidence that the coaching staff trusts them. You know, whenever Alabama needs four yards to get a first down and they run the ball, they run behind those guys. They trust them enough that they're going to they're going to move their guys out of the way and get to that second level and get that you know get them you know get that first down for the guys. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt about it. Um, the 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 the, off, the fact that you have both sides of the line of scrimmage with capable run blockers mm-hmm. just gives you versatility on the offense and in your play calling and your play design and and how you kind of disguise what you're doing against the defense. So uh, I'm excited about that group they have up front, and 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 I think it's it's pointing towards the fact that it could be. Caden Proctor and, and TJ Ferguson as your starters on the left side of the offensive line. Now, I do think that we're going to see Pritchett. I do think we're going to yeah. see Dalcourt as well. But I, I think long term, much like I feel like eventually Ty Simpson's the quarterback, I think eventually the left side of that offensive line is going to be, you know, Caden Proctor at left tackle and Terrence Ferguson at left guard. Yeah, exactly. Um, Ronnie, he also mentioned uh, about the offensive line bulking up and and you no, know, J.C. Latham had put a picture out the other day about he's up to 360 now, and you know we talked about that Sunday, Stacy, or on our video. He don't look 360. He, he's no fat there. I mean, it is pure daggum muscle. And I think if I'm not mistaken, every offensive lineman now is up over 300 because I think Seth has added some. I think he's like 301, 302 now. So you know he's yeah. really bulked up. So this whole offensive line, you talk about being nasty. We talked about the nastiness. You know returning the identity of the offensive line and the guys have talked about it, but you know, like we stay, like you say, Stacey, talk is cheap, get on the field and back your words up. And that's what I'm hoping this line does this year. 
Yeah, no, and and you talked about the size, Jake. If it ends up being Proctor and further on the left side, you're, you're looking at an offensive line that is Proctor's 6'7", 350. Ferguson's about 6'4", 320. Mm-hmm. You got Seth, at the little old Seth at 6'4", 300. Yeah. Booker's, you know, 6'5", 335. And then J.C. Latham, 6'6", 360. God. Good Lord. that is, I, I bet that's bigger than any NFL offensive line. <laughs> Could be. I mean, that's. You thought th- those aren't those aren't men. Those are beasts. You know they're yeah. Golly, I'd hate I'm, to try I'm, to get around them. I'm excited about the. I would say as far as positions that you know, we're, there's kind of some uncertainty about, but I'm really confident in. There's two of them. One is the offensive line, and the other is the secondary. And, and a yeah. lot of that goes back to what Ken said here in the comments earlier when you know we were asked about Terry and Arnold and Trey Amos and that competition there at corner. And and he he brings up a great point. You know, part of playing corner is you better have some safety help over the top, or you have yeah. you, you don't you don't have you're not setting yourself up for success. Mm-hmm. And and I like what the safeties look like this year. We've 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 talked about Caleb Downs a ton. Uh, Jalen Key, the transfer from UAB, has come in and fit right in. It's amazing how well both he and Trey Amos have fit into this defensive scheme so far. So uh, I, I'm with Ken there. I think that the secondary will be so much more improved because we have some playmakers there in the back end. Not that Battle and Helens were bad players. I think they were solid players. But I think what we have now is a, is a notch above that, and I think you're going to see that early and often. Yeah, I agree, Stacey. We talked about Caleb Downs. I mean, what is there more to say about that kid? I mean, he's a true daggum freshman coming in and day one starting out on the on the first team defense. That's how much confidence the coaching staff has in him. I mean, he could be he he will probably be a or I don't know. I'm saying probably he will be at least a three year starter uh, in his career at Alabama. I, I I can say that with you know no no doubt whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, Nick Saban Jr. says even Elijah Pritchett. Yeah, he's about 6'6", yeah. 310, I think. So, you know, over 300 pounds, great length. And and look, don't take the fact that Caden Proctor has come in and most likely overtaken Pritchett as a negative towards Pritchett. Right. Pritchett's going to be a heck of a football player too. It's just some of those guys, are they show up and they're elite. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just – it's rare, but it happens. I mean, think about Jonah Williams, Andre Smith, going all the way back to Andre Smith, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, Jonah Williams, you look, Alex Leatherwood started very early on, Evan Neal. So, uh, you know, towards the end of his freshman year, J.C. Latham was getting a lot of action. So, uh, Tyler Booker. So, there's just some of those guys, are they come in and they're just – they're already grown men and ready to play. <laughs> right. And, you know, talk, stay on the offensive line real quick. Um, I've seen a lot of people have compared Seth this year to Ryan Kelly uh, potentially. And, and honestly, I believe he could live up to that high because he's just, you know, it seemed like once he got slotted in and at center uh, a few years ago, the offense line improved, especially running the ball, like we said. So uh, I feel like he's going to be be the leader on that on that offensive line, along with Booker and and Latham, and uh, of course he is he is a field general uh, at that position, getting everybody into place and, and marking who's coming you know on on uh blitzes and stuff so i, I really like that comparison because i feel like he can he can get to that level yeah uh jim has has a great comment here he said biggest difference may be new inside linebackers coach no gaping holes in the middle of the field this season yeah uh i feel like we've we've under inside linebacker over the last few seasons and uh 
you know, I, I like I like the hire of Robert Bala, the new new linebackers yeah. coach. I think he fits what Kevin Steele likes really, really well. So I think they mesh well. I think they both demand a lot out of their inside linebackers. And everything that, that we've heard, Deontay Lawson has become a beast at inside linebacker. He has. And 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 I'm telling you, and I say this because he's had he had, he's had issues with his health since he's been there. But if Deontay Lawson stays healthy, it would not surprise me if if he won the Buckus. And I know guys that are out there like Harold Perkins at LSU, who's who, you know, arguably one of the best players in the country, regardless of position. But Deontay Lawson is he is an elite linebacker. And, and if he can stay healthy, he could have a great season. Then you look at you know, that's there's some competition there as well. But it does feel like, at least at this moment, that Jihad Campbell is is holding that down. But Trez Marshall is is, is right there with him. And you know, you got guys behind him like Justin Jefferson and Sean Murphy. Kendrick Blackshire's been in the program a long time. So there's plenty of depth there. But but Deontay Lawson has a chance to have a special season. He's I think he is enjoying the, the, the fact that he's being coached by, you know, Robert Bala and, and, and Kevin Steele. Yeah, I agree 100 percent Stacey. And, you know, talking about, about the linebackers, and we've talked about this throughout throughout the offseason as well. I feel like the linebackers are going to be better this year because the defensive line and those guys are going to be better than what they have been in the past. Yeah. Um, you know, we talk about the defensive line, they don't you know, they don't have a lot of stats per se, but but much like the A-Day game, you didn't hear their names called a lot, but you saw a lot of linebackers getting tackles, tackles for loss, stuff like that. So if they're in the backfield, the linebackers are in the backfield, that means the defensive line is just holding their guys up that, that an offensive lineman cannot get free to block a rushing linebacker or a blitzing linebacker. So uh, keep your eye on that. I feel like uh, the defensive line is is going to be improved as well this year. Yeah, that that's that's a position group. I probably should have mentioned them in, in that in that group of, you know, there's a little bit of uncertainty, but there's really not uncertainty because Justin Aboib is a great player. Uh he really really was playing his best football before he got injured last season. Uh you know, Tim Smith, even coach Saban mentioned how he's had an up and down fall camp. He really needs to be a more consistent player, but when he's when he's on, he's he's as good as they come. And Jaheim Otis, uh, a beast. I mean, a, a guy who come in and, and did did the work to lose the weight, get into shape, and, and then make an impact as a true freshman. And he just seems to be building on that, uh, you know, here in his sophomore season. And, and, and I look for him to be one of the more dominant interior defensive linemen in the country this season. And, uh, you know, there's depth behind those guys as well. Right. You know, James Smith, the freshman, uh, you know, Jamarian Latham, a guy who's a veteran, Damon Payne. Mm -hmm. So there's plenty of depth there as well. Uh, Coach Saban wants to build a little bit more consistent depth there on the defensive line, but I'm really excited about what they could do uh, this fall. Yep. Uh, Stacey, you got a comment there uh, with all the young wide receivers. Y'all think we would go five wide much? I don't know. That's – that that's a good question because there there is so many receivers. I mean, there there's really eight receivers that could play with the first team. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't see that happening, but I don't. I wouldn't rule it out because you never know. I mean, I, but I, I feel more twelve personnel. You know, one running back, yeah. two tight ends is going to be the the most uh, usage for for the for the offense. But man, there that's a there's so many good receivers. I mean, you think about guys who are not the main names. Guys like Emmanuel Henderson, Shaz Preston, uh, you know, the two the two freshmen, Jalen Hill and Jaron Hamilton, 
the other freshman, Cole Adams, who was having a great spring until he got injured mm -hmm. uh, earlier this year. So uh, there is a lot of talent there, but it just feels like this team is built more for for two tight ends and 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 you know a running back and you know maybe a three wide receiver set. So um, I, I'm going to say it's not likely, but it's certainly possible. Yeah, I I agree, Stacy. Um, you know I do feel like our strength is going to be doing the 12 personnel, the two tight ends, three wide receiver set. And then you can miss and match those eight guys anywhere because most of them can play at any position there. Uh, you, you can put a uh, law Prentice both at, at slot. Um, Vaughn can be a slot guy, but I feel like he can also, you know, go on the outside as well if need be. So uh, we can miss and match pretty well to stay and stay in that 12 personnel with two tight ends and, uh, the wide, three wide receivers because honestly do you really want to take one you know if these tight ends are all they're talked about and how they've been playing this you know this camp do you really want to take them off the field you know especially Amari Nyblack who seems like he's having an outstanding camp so you know that remains to be seen yeah that that's I think that's something that that'll get answered pretty soon in the season I think mm -hmm. I think we're gonna we talked about it all summer long the, the effort this season is going to get it's not to shy away from the passing game, but it's to kind of reestablish a more physical presence mm -hmm. uh, on the offensive side of the football. So I think we're going to see more tight ends and, and a more heavy dose of, of, of a running game. You know, I'm not saying we're going to run it 50 times a game. Right. Uh, I, I just feel like there'll be a more concentrated effort to be more physical. And and that, that comes with running the football. But you got to be able we, – we talked about it at the beginning of the show, Jake – I don't care how great your rushing attack is. If you don't, if you can't make plays in the passing game, you're not going to win a championship. Right. You're not. I mean, look, you look at what Stetson Bennett did, bringing Georgia back against Ohio State. He it wasn't because of the running game; it's because mm -hmm. they made play. Stetson Bennett made play passing game. Yeah, and that's what that's what you got to do to beat the elite teams. And I don't care how great that how great that offensive line is, how great that rushing attack is. If you don't make plays in the passing game, you will not win a championship. Uh, that that's just it's a fact. I mean, yeah. it's, it's just a fact. You're right, Stacy. Um, Nick Saban Jr. said he he don't think that we'll go five wide receivers either, uh, just because of the tight end room. So, um, and, and Jim Jim also said receivers dropping passes have made it easier for Saban to talk about Nyblack being a mismatch. Um, you know, that's one thing we talked about. We feel like this wide receiver room has got to got to clean up the drop passes. So, um. You know, we're still seeing a little bit here and there, but hopefully by season, you know, uh, season gets here, they'll, they'll get that cleaned up a bit. Yeah, Alabama had 24 drops as a team last season. Um, th that's a lot. I mean, they played, what, 13 games? So it's nearly two a game. Cool. Might as well just say two a game. Mm -hmm. um, that's way too many. They need to cut that. I mean, obviously you don't want any drop passes. Right. But if that number could get down to 10 or 12, I think that, that would be much better. Um, I mean, you think about that that Tennessee game, Jake, the drop pass by Jameer Gibbs uh, there probably cost us that game. If he catches that that ball as we get – that probably scores a touchdown. Yeah. And it doesn't make a difference what Tennessee does with it. You know what I mean? So, uh, you got to catch the football. And, and look, I want to add context to this as well. Obviously, drops were an issue last year. Saban's kept on talking about them throughout the spring and throughout the fall camp. So obviously it is a bit of a problem, but there needs to be context. You know, if if there's one, we don't know how many passes were dropped on Saturday. We don't know yeah. for sure. Yeah. 
Right. Um, but you know, if it was one drop pass, but it was a big one, then of course Saban's going to bring it up. Mm-hmm. But so we need context. We say receivers dropping passes. I, and, and I agree with you, Jim. It, it does make it easier to play guys like Nye Black because he is such a mismatch. But but I don't think the drop passes are near as big as an issue as what the fans are making out to be. Mm-hmm. And 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 I know that kind of sounds different than what Saban is saying, mm-hmm. but Saban is Saban plays the mind game mm-hmm. better than yep. anybody. And I just – I don't feel like the drop passes are quite as bad as what the fans are making out to be. Yeah. I, I would be shocked if we had 24 drop passes again this season. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Keith said uh, – Saban said drops were not a problem until the sp- uh, in the spring until the spring game. Go figure. That's, that, that's right. true. I mean, he, he never once mentioned it throughout the spring practice mm-hmm. until post-A-Day when there was a few drops in that game that uh, – or, yeah, in the A-Day game. So, that's true. I mean, that so it wasn't an issue all spring up until the A-Day game. Right. And so, you know, receivers – receivers, it's probably in their head is all it is. They can catch the football, guys. They're, they're not on scholarship at Alabama because they can't catch. I right. promise you that. <laughs> it's not that they don't have the ability to catch the ball. It's yep. just right now they're they're going through – they're going through a rough patch – and I think I'd rather them go through it right now than in the season. Right. Let's get let's get all these drops out of the way before the season starts. <laughs> I agree, hundred percent. Junior Nick Saban Junior said that drop was so uncharacteristic to Gibbs. It, it was, you know, that's just yeah. I don't know if he had another drop the whole season. I don't think he did, honestly. Chris uh, Bryant says, "So who's dropping balls?" I've heard, I've heard that Isaiah Bond has had had a little bit of issue holding on to the ball, and. That that's that is that's odd because I, I think I think he's he's a playmaker. Mm-hmm. And one guy that we've been hearing well about, and I've not heard any kind of drop passes, and he struggled with it last year. Is J- uh, Jermaine Burton seems like he's got that cleared up, and he's got his mind right. He's becoming a leader uh, in that wide receiver room. So I hope he continues to do that because, like you said, he's probably our purest route runner uh, at the wide receivers. So you know, having him on the field is going to essentially create mismatches, I feel like, uh, for somebody because there's going to be a lot of people focusing on him just because he's such a precision route runner. Yeah, the, he, the, the, this is it. The timing of the drops, is mm-hmm. it, that's, the, that's the thing. You can't yeah. – you know, you can drop a pass in the first quarter with 13 minutes left on a, on a first down and 10, and mm-hmm. nobody's going to remember it. But you, you like Gibbs, you drop one in the late in the fourth quarter. Nobody's ever going to forget it, right? Yeah. So we have both, but both were drops. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it go, it it all goes back to like I, I've said about what you take from scrimmage reports and what you take from what you read on message boards. Mm-hmm. You you've got to have it in context and, and and what was really going on in that certain situation. Yeah, Ronnie's got a good comment. Ooh. Yeah, that's what. Ooh. There's a there's a bold prediction, man. And Jake, it's about bold prediction season for you, Jake. It's about oh, that man. time of year that you you drop your bold predict, predictions yeah. for the season. Yeah. And uh, man, that would certainly be a bold one if Burton got twelve hundred yards. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Yeah. 
I may have to start start thinking about that because uh, the season's just right around the corner, like we talk about. So we need to do that in the next couple episodes. Yeah, everything I've heard is that since the summer post spring practice, Jermaine Burton has been a different dude. Yeah, that that and I, I've hear I've heard he's been spe- I heard he was special in Saturday scrimmage. Yep, I have too. I also see Burton have a good season. I agree. Uh, it's different doing it in front of a full stadium. Court, uh, QBs look great in seven on sevens, but what are they doing with guys in their face? Yeah, yeah. See, and that's that. That that that's a, that's again uh, goes back to look. They're just pra- It's just practice right now. Right. <laughs> so it's just I'm practice, <laughs> and uh, you know, let, let's see what what these guys look like with the lights on in, in Bryant Denny Stadium, and so. Yeah, Lennox says special. What was he? Was he? Mm. Was he asking about talking about special teams? Are you talking about? Oh, I think because uh, I said I, I said I heard that Burton has had a, had a, had a special oh, scrimmage on Saturday. Yeah, I, I, I heard he was without question the best receiver on Saturday. Like, and he had he had touchdown grabs. I mean, was just made made a lot of plays. And you talking about drop passes? That's uncharacteristic of him because at Georgia he it don't I don't think he ever dropped pass. In, in his two seasons at Georgia, there's not there he did, has zero drops. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah, he's trying to tone from last year. And look, I, I think I think I wrote about this at the at the conclusion of this past season. Jermaine Burton, the last four games of the season, had more yards receiving and more touchdowns than he did the previous nine games. That is, wild. folks have to remember it. That was his first year in Tuscaloosa. Mm-hmm. Acclimating to a new offensive system, a new quarterback, a new set of receivers to work with, to play with, and you saw what he could do. Towards, I mean, you, from the Ole Miss game on, he he was a really good receiver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when uh, it said, uh, "I'm glad to have," uh, I'm glad he's back. Uh, we need some bets of our receivers. Best, I agree. Uh, Ken Joe says Julian Sane will be the starter next next year. The way Dylan Dylan Lonigan's playing this, this spring, he may, you know, you know, sounds like Sane's gonna have some competition next year. <laughs> Along with yeah. Ty. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's mm-hmm. what the truth is every quarterback on the roster could be back next season. So exactly. I mean, I don't think that's gonna happen because the portal, but um I do like Julian Say, and I'll say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How many picks did Milro toss in the scrimmage? I heard that that the three main guys each threw one interception. Mm-hmm. That's what I heard. Yep. So, yeah, Dylan can play. Yeah, Dylan can play. I, I hope he doesn't transfer. Oh, I'll yeah. be honest with you. If there's anybody in the current quarterback room that I don't want to transfer, it's Dylan Lonergan. <laughs> right. Yeah. And he's also he's also uh, playing baseball for for the team this year too. I think he did but, last year. So yeah, and, and I, I, we need to go back and, and find. We need somebody to do be like our archive person. Um, right. When we signed both Eli Holstein and Dylan Lonergan, I said then I said, look, Dylan Lonergan's already a polished passer. That dude right. can already that dude can art. He can play. I mean, he's mm-hmm. just you can tell he's a gamer. And that he's a natural quarterback, like the, the position just comes natural to him. Like there's no, he doesn't have to think about it. Yeah, it, it's just effortless to him. Yeah, he throws yeah, so easily. It's, it's just, it's just, smooth. it's, it's a natural mm-hmm. thing for Dylan. And and I talked about that. Even though Eli was the, 
the more highly coveted prospect. I thought at this point in time that Dylan was was the better of the bunch. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, Stacy. Um, y'all are so right about Dylan. Hope he stays. Uh, one guy made a comment up here, B Jamming. He said, it's time for Burton to grow up and quit that standing over players and staring at them after making a good play. You never saw that with Julio or Smitty doing that. Um, so, you know, I feel like he, like you said, he he's transitioned and he's, you know, gotten gotten it back up here. I feel like that's where it was all. It was just mental mistakes with him last year. And if he puts it all right here, man, he is going to have a special season. Yeah, Jim talked about Lonergan reps with the first team and I, I think after this the scrimmage coming up Saturday um it it could tell you a lot I mean it could tell you where Lonergan's at as far as the the, the current competition and I think it'll certainly tell us where both Ty and, and Jalen are at. Right. Yeah we we may learn a lot at this next scrimmage Saturday. We'll we'll see you know oh, I, I don't think there's any doubt we're gonna we're right. gonna learn something and, and it may yeah. not be what we want to learn but right. we'll learn something. <laughs> yeah. You know, and man, I'm just ready for football season, man. It's 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 just right around the corner. I like Dylan better than Eli coming out of high school. I think a lot of people are high on, on Lana getting coming out of high school. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pe- people got infatuated with Eli because he's so big. He tested so well. I mean, he's like six four, two thirty five. Runs like a four six. So, um. That's that's one reason why. I mean, I do think his upside is probably greater than what Dylan's is, but you know, Dylan's just natural, man. He's he, I, his nickname's the natural, <laughs> right? Um, I want to ask the chat and you, Stacy, uh, something real quick. And chat, y'all, y'all can chime in on this too. But how do y'all feel about the AP top twenty five coming out, Bama fourth? I mean, I don't care that that stuff doesn't interest me at all. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, know, it lot- don't. A lot of people was like, well, I wish it would have been like five through eight or something. But, I mean, you know, I, I just – I don't know. I just feel like it's it's ludicrous at this at this time to figure – you know, to, to set polls. I know they got to do it and stuff, but you don't know what each team is going to have from week to week until this season gets going. So, you know, Michigan may fall flat on their face their first week. Who knows? You know, so well, I think it's and, a little early. And I, I hate to ever guarantee anything. Mm-hmm. But – I mean, I think I think history is important because it provides you with some information to make an educated guess on something. Mm-hmm. Jim Harbaugh has never won squat. <laughs> yeah. So he's probably not going to win squat this year. So people can keep mm-hmm. picking them at one or two. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I can almost say with absolute certainty that, that Michigan is not going to win the national championship. Right. Because he ain't got past the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, he couldn't beat TCU. I know. Who didn't belong in the same atmosphere as Georgia. No, no. Uh, Chef T said, I said, uh, put us unranked and watch us win it all. I mean, yeah, I I love that. Um, Glad uh, we're right to where we are. Saving will use that. Um, uh, B. Jamison, I'm stuck about Bama's defense more than anything. Uh, I'm ready for that grinding, hard-hitting D-back, roll tie roll, yeah. That that's one of the positives I feel like is is going to be our defense and getting more physical, uh, yeah, uh, getting that back for sure. Yeah, the, mm-hmm. the rankings do not matter until much later. Saban will have this team in the hunt, and that's all you can ask for. Look, right. And and after this year, shoot, it don't matter. I mean, 
you can just about guarantee a spot in the playoff with 12 team playoff for Alabama. I mean, <laughs> good grief. You better write in. <laughs> that I mean, you think I would like, but that's why I hate it. Mm-hmm. I don't I hate a watered down field, but that's a rant for another day. Oh my god, we could go on that for a whole hour. I mean, it's ridiculous, <laughs> but yeah. Then it's I, I agree. Our defense, uh, I'm ready to see how how the defense looks. Like I, like I mentioned earlier. But uh, any more questions? We've been going going for nearly an hour now, so we'll we'll, we'll give you till we'll give you a few more minutes. But uh, been a lot of fun discussing uh, this football team. Uh, I, I can't wait, Jake, for the season. I, I'll be honest with you. I'm sick of talking about it. I'm sick of writing about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just ready for the season to get here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you, uh, Keith. Keep up the good work. Thank you for the positive comments. That's that's my dad, by the way. Thanks yeah. for watching, Dad. Yep. I'm assuming it's my dad. My dad's name's Keith Blackwood. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, if Milro learns how to check down his players, he'll be fine. Also, Ty, good luck, fellas. Uh, appreciate it, uh, Montrese. Uh, I think you had a comment earlier. Let me see if I can find that. Um, oh yeah, you said it's it's see see it to believe it with Burton, and and I agree with that. You know, we saw what he did, but but like Stacy mentioned, his last four games, he he was a different player. So if he plays like that throughout the entire season, he I think Ronnie put it, he's going to have twelve hundred yard season and, and easily. Um, so I'm uh you know I'm excited to to see that. Um, Nick Saban Jr. said, I honestly don't care, but I do like the doubts and disrespect they have had for, for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, Ronnie says, what is it, about 18 days? How, I think it's what? Yeah, it's – how far is it's it? A, it's a, it's it's 18, 18 days. days. Yeah. Hey, uh, keep up with me on Roll Tide Wire. I do a countdown every day. It's a photo yeah. gallery of, of somebody yeah. who wears, you know, whatever day it is. Uh, you know, so tomorrow it'll be 17, so – most likely going to have a Jalen Waddle gallery up tomorrow yeah. on Roll Tide it, Wire. He, he has put some former players in, and I think you have some current players before. Yeah, so I, yeah I use former and current. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keith said he come in late, and I thought it started at 6 that, hey, you're never late. That's my fault. I told you 6.30. We changed it yeah. to 6. Yeah. I think we got on like at 6.05. So, um, but yeah. It was I, big... I, 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 found, I found the article I wrote uh, in, on January 1st uh, about Burton's turn toward the end of the season last year and and what happened is in the first nine games burton had 325 yards receiving and three touchdowns in his final four games he racked up 352 yards and four touchdowns so doubled yeah i mean he he those are great numbers for four games i mean nearly 100 yards a game and, and a touchdown per game so you get that kind of effort from jermaine burton moving into 2023 you could have a really really good Receiver group, yep. When it's yeah, we do have we we may have four or five deep at uh, at a running back and use them. Yeah, I feel like early on until we get the quarterback situation figured out, we are going to use use the backs of the running backs and the backs of the offensive line to, to carry us through. Uh, you know, uh, the first couple of games and, and you know we talked about the Texas game. Uh, we we do need a quarterback figured out there. We you know we we're going to make some plays. Uh, in the passing game, like you said, Stacey, in that game. Uh, but overall, I feel like if the defense can hold them to – I mean, if they can hold them to 20, 21, 24 points, I feel like we, we're in a good chance to win the game. I don't – I guess I'm, I'm getting kind of ahead of myself, but I think there's defenses 
going to get back to an old style top defense where they're only maybe giving up 16 points per game potentially. They they have that talent. Well, they they've been doing. It's yeah. not that the defense plays bad; have been playing bad. It's just that they play bad in the wrong at the wrong time. Right, right. And yep. you know, late against LSU, you know, mm-hmm. even though we missed the kick against Tennessee, I mean, it's they have like twenty five seconds, and they got to go basically the length of the field to get in field goal range. And what does the defense do? Allow a massive passing play. It's yep. it's that those those that's what hurt the defense. And yep. so it's just I, I think. Just play into the standard for sixty minutes. That's that's yeah. what this new, this this or not this new. That's what this coaching staff is wanting to uh, implore on this team this year. And I think that's what you're going to see. And and you talked about the defense being elite. I, I once again want to reiterate this to fans because we play Texas week two. They have a really good quarterback. They have elite wide receivers, an elite tight end. They returned 10 of 11 starters on offense. So this is going to be, you know, maybe the best offense in college football. I mean, Mm -hmm. I certainly believe they're going to be one of the best offenses in in 2023. So don't be shocked if they move the ball and score some points. Right. Once again, we all brag about Kirby Smart's defense, and I understand why. They've been really good. What did Bryce Young do to him in the SC Championship game a couple years ago when he had a a healthy receiver group? He Mm -hmm. lit him up. He carved him up. What did C.J. Stroud and Marvin Harrison and that group do to that Georgia defense in the in the semifinals until Marvin Harrison got hurt? Mm-hmm. They carved them up. Mm-hmm. So I, just just keep that in mind. I mean, when yeah. you play an elite quarterback who's got elite receivers, you're going to give up some points. You're going to get up some yardage. That doesn't mean you have a bad defense. It's just the nature of the game. Yeah, that's right. Uh, your dad said the whole team was playing better late last year. They were. you know, No doubt. I guarantee you. I guarantee you the only team Georgia didn't want to play uh, at the end of last season was Alabama. Right. I mean that that first quarter don't do justice of the of the Kansas State game because second through fourth quarter, my gosh, it was it was ridiculous. You know they had that one one long well, it, rush and that was it pretty much. Yeah, they had that one long rush and outside of that they dinked and dunked for you know the first quarter or so, but right. they didn't they didn't do squat in that game. Nope, they did. Alabama, Alabama could have named their score in that game. And they could have, uh, yeah. Will Rockard, uh, everything we've been hearing, he's had a, you know, of course he's he he's clutch. So uh, I'm really gonna miss him after this season. But the the guy that we got that's coming, I think he come in this year. Mm-hmm. They say he's really got a leg on him too. So uh, I, I think we're gonna be okay at kicker for for a little while. Yeah, that's that's the position that that you really get to see what they're like uh, once the lights are on in the real game. <laughs> right, yeah. Because I guarantee you, Alabama don't bring a kicker on campus to the practice field that can't kick the ball. They all can kick it. Right. It's just what goes on between their ears. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Young had 436 yeah. yards in the SCG. And, look, we all talk about how that's the great one of the greatest defenses of all time. Mm-hmm. And what did an elite quarterback with elite playmakers do? It don't matter. I don't care how great your defense is. You're mm-hmm. gonna give up points and you're gonna get up yardage to elite offenses. It's right. just it's a fact. Mm-hmm. More times than not. Not always, but more times than not. Yeah. And honestly, J Mo was wide open in the national championship game when he got hurt. I mean, he was yeah. wide open. Well, he had 60 yards like in the first quarter. <laughs> right. I mean, they already could they already couldn't <laughs> stop him again. Right. And that was without Mechie. Right. Yep. 
All right. Hey, we're going to wrap it up now. We've been going about an hour. Mm -hmm. uh, really appreciate everybody uh, tuning in tonight. What Thank a great you. show. Uh, we were worried that our viewers would be down a little bit because our pals over at the Bama Standard were live at the same time as us. But, man – been a lot of fun uh live chat was awesome so thank you guys so much for that if you're not already make sure you do hit that subscribe button uh hit that like button jump in the comments as well if, if you're watching the the recorded version of this uh go ahead jack i was going to say and and uh once uh we're going to do our preview show uh every saturday morning hopefully once the season starts uh just getting you guys pumped up uh get ready for the game we'll talk about the game preview it uh, have a good discussion. So uh, get ready for that as well. Uh, I guess we'll start that probably the week before the game. So what, two weeks from now? Most likely, yes. Yeah. So uh, that might be our next live, or we may try another sneak another one in next week. But uh, but if not, then then every Saturday, hopefully moving forward, once the football season kicks off, uh, we'll do a live show, a preview show, probably about nine o'clock. Just get everybody yep. pumped, ready for the game. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for watching. Like like Jake said, we'll be back, you know, maybe over the weekend or early part of next week to kind of talk about the scrimmage. We'll have some good, good insight on that and intel on that. So we look forward to that. But thank you so much for watching. We'll be back soon. And until next time, roll tide. Roll tide. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.